Charles Spurgeon once said, when he was in a deep state of anguish and depression, There are dungeons beneath the castle of despair. Someone once said that the strongest believers are tested with the hardest battles. Some of you who listen to the Thriving on Purpose podcast may be in a difficult place right now. In fact, I know that some of you are in a dark place right now. Today, we want to be a source of encouragement for those of you who may be going through a dark time. If you're presently in a dark place where God seems to have disappeared, if you're presently in a dark place where no light seems to penetrate the thick darkness and all seems lost, if you have lost sight of hope and you feel like you are beneath the castle of despair in a dark dungeon, dear friend, this podcast is for you. Are you ready? Let's dig deeper. Unless you're already in a hole. If that's the case, stop digging and just listen. Welcome to the Thriving on Purpose podcast, hosted by certified coaches Elizabeth and Sebastian Richard. Elizabeth is a Christian life and leadership coach, branding consultant, and busy mompreneur. Sebastian is a Christian speaker, Bible teacher, author, and leadership expert. Together, they help today's committed believers to dig deeper in their knowledge and walk with God in order for them to grow and climb higher in life and leadership. If you want to dig even deeper, make sure to visit thrivingonpurpose.com for more free resources and content. Welcome to another episode of the Thriving on Purpose podcast. We're so glad you took the time to tune in to this podcast episode. I know you're going to be blessed by it. And I encourage you to share it with any believers you know that are going through a tough period in their lives right now, because this episode is really going to help them. So this episode is called Treasures of Darkness. Yeah, well, Liz, thanks for the introduction. Yeah, I, I had this on my heart. I really wanted to share this, um, I guess you could call it a Bible teaching uh, with our audience because, hey, look, we're, we're talking to kingdom impactors. We're talking to people who are trying to accomplish a lot for God, a lot to, um, to impact the world, to impact the lives of other people. And when you have that desire and it's led by the Holy Ghost and you want to do that, guess what? you're going to have a lot of opposition. You're going to find yourself in a lot of difficult times, difficult trials, because Satan will not allow that to go on. Sometimes it comes under a spiritual attack from the, the kingdom of darkness, but other times it's just life that happens. Other times you're, you're just uh, overworked or you're just trying to do too much. That's another uh, tactic. Sometimes when the devil sees us overworking, he's going to let us go. He's just not, he's not, he's not even going to try to oppose us because he's kind of happy because he knows we can burn ourselves out. And there's all these types, all kinds of ways believers can find themselves in a dark place. History and the Bible are full of stories of men and women of God who were tested 
to the limit of human endurance. For example, King David lost hope often, and he penned his struggles in the Psalms, where he laments. He didn't write all the Psalms, but there are, in all, in all the Psalms, there are 150 Psalms, there's 42 individual Psalms of lament. Uh, the great Protestant reformer Martin Luther treasured the Psalms of lament. Of them, he said, what is the greatest thing in the Psalter, that means that those who write the Psalms, but this earnest speaking amid the storm winds of every kind? Where do you find deeper, more sorrowful, more pitiful words of sadness than in the Psalms of lamentation? There again you look into the hearts of the saints as into death, yes, as into hell itself. When they speak of fear and hope, they use such words that no painter could so depict for your fear and hope. And no Cicero or other orator has so portrayed them. And that they speak these words to God and with God, this, I repeat, is the best thing of all. This gives the words double earnestness and life. So those were the words of the great Protestant reformer Martin Luther, who found basically what he's saying is that when he read those Psalms of Lament, he found the humanity of the saints of God, the humanity of those people that, that we admire in the Bible, and how they too suffered a great deal, and they found comfort in God. Because most Psalms of Lament, uh, most of them, I, I, I not sure I can say all of them, but most of them start as a lament, lament, lament. But at the end, oftentimes there's that glimmer of hope where the, the writer starts saying, but in this I will hope, but in, in, in spite of all this, I will put my trust in you, O God. And, and it ends on a positive note. So they're very encouraging that way. So David was one of those great writers of Psalms of Lament. The prophet Elijah uh, also found himself in a very dark place. If we remember the story, he had just won a great victory against the prophets of Baal with zeal and power of God. But the queen, Jezebel, ordered him dead, so he ran. And the Bible tells us the story this way. Elijah was afraid, and he ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. So the great and mighty prophet Elijah had that dark place that he found himself at. Ironically, after being on a very high peak, a high victory. And that's oftentimes when saints have to be the most careful. When you reach, when God brings you up to the high peaks of exaltation, when he brings you up to high promotions, to high moments of felicity with him, that's when you have to watch yourself. Because the higher he brings us, the harder we can fall. And that is oftentimes the case in scriptures. The prophet Jonah also had his time of darkness when he also begged for death. If you read the book of Jonah, uh, I believe it happened after uh, he, he spent the night uh, under a, a, 
a plant. He had preached to the people of Nineveh. They had repented. And then he, had, he spent the night under a plant. And then the next morning, God killed the plant. He sent a worm and the plant died. And Jonah was lamenting and saying, oh, give me death. He was just to the, to the end of his endurance. He was tired. He was exhausted. He was spiritually spent. He was physically spent. And he asked for death. And Job, who can forget Job, who in his dark place cursed the day of his birth. It happens to all of us at one time or another. All of us find ourselves in a dark place at one time or another. Maybe you're going through a dark time right now. As hard as going through the valley of the shadow of death may be, it is only in that dark place that we can obtain those treasures of darkness. Today, we want to give you hope. We want to let you know that even in the darkest place, there is hope. Why? Because God is our King. Because God is our God. And because our God and King says there's always hope. Tucked away in the book of Isaiah, there is a verse that is absolutely wonderful. A verse that can make sense of the darkness surrounding you at this time. It is found in Isaiah chapter 45, verse 3. And it says this. This is from the New Living Translation of the Bible. And I will give you treasures hidden in the darkness, secret riches. I will do this so you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, the one who calls you by name. The New International Version says it, uh, phrases it this way, I will give you hidden treasures, riches stored in secret places, so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. I love the, the, the word here, summons, because it's, summoning is more than just calling. When God summons you, it's like He's calling you for a purpose. When, when, when God summons you, He's got a plan for you. He doesn't just call your name. He's like calling your name with purpose. Keep in mind diamonds and gold and all precious stones are found in the deep and dark recesses of mines. Keep in mind also that it is when the night is darkest that the stars shine the brightest. You may be going through your very own dark night of the soul right now. now. The term dark night of the soul is from a well-known poem. It is recognized as a spiritual classic. It was written by a 16th century Spanish poet and Roman Catholic mystic named St. John of the Cross. The poem is a theological uh, commentary uh, the treatise, I mean, is a theological commentary on the poem itself, which he expanded on in his writings. And he explains the, the poem in, more in depth in his writings. So, St. John of the Cross narrates the journey of the soul from its bodily home to its union with God. The journey is called the dark night of the soul, because darkness represents the hardships and difficulties the soul meets in detachment from the world and reaching the light of the union with the Creator. The main idea of the poem can be seen as the painful experience that people endure as they seek to grow in spiritual maturity 
and union with God. So you may be going through your very own dark night of the soul right now. And in this darkness is where the true treasures of God are discovered. God does some of his best work in darkness. God, as one author put it, works the night shift. Very clever. I like that. And I have proof. First of all, have you ever wondered what God does in the dark while you sleep? He makes small miracles within your own body every night while you sleep. And here's how. So, First off, your brain sorts and processes the day's information. Don't be fooled into thinking that when you're asleep, your brain is shut off too. Your brain is actually quite busy while you sleep, sorting and storing information from the day. This process is particularly important for creating long-term memories. As your brain consolidates all the information it's picked up during the day and files it away for later use, This happens in the dark. Hmm. Also, hormones flood your body. There are a number of different hormones released during sleep, all with different purposes. Melatonin released by the pineal gland controls your sleep patterns. Levels increase at nighttime, making you feel sleepy. While you're sleeping, your pituitary gland releases growth hormone, which helps your body to grow and repair itself. This happens in the dark. So think about that. It helps your body to grow and repair itself. That's why it's so important that we get a good amount of sleep. That's a tiny miracle on its own right there. Exactly. Also, your sympathetic nervous system chills out. So during sleep, your sympathetic nervous system, which controls your fight or flight response, gets a chance to relax. Studies have shown that when we're deprived of sleep, sympathetic nervous system activity increases, which is also mirrored by an increase in blood pressure. Scientists studying coronary disease are investigating whether there's a relationship between decreased sleep duration and increased risk of heart disease. Isn't that interesting? Yes, it is. This also happens in the dark. Even more interesting, it happens in the dark. Also in the dark, cortisol levels lower. Levels of cortisol, often called the stress hormone, decreases during the first few hours of sleep before rising to peak soon after you wake up. So that explains why when you wake up, you're so hungry because your cortisol level, which was lower during the night, basically peaks up. So the same is the opposite. If you don't get enough sleep, your cortisol level will go higher and you'll overeat and eat and eat and eat. So it's really important that you get that rest during the dark because God created us that way so that... Everything fixes itself and repairs itself, and it goes back to normal. So when you wake up, it's just normal after a a long term of sleep that you actually have an appetite ready to start your day. Also, what happens in the dark is your muscles paralyze. While asleep, you cycle through periods of non-rapid eye movement sleep called NREM and rapid eye movement sleep REM. It's during REM sleep that we have the most vivid dreams. So we learned that, especially when we're parents, 
and we're putting our kids on a, a sleep routine, mm-hmm. we learn that they go through deep moments of sleep where you can be, you know, putting on your dishwasher and no one wakes up mm-hmm. and other times where you just crick crack in the room and the kid wakes up right away. Well, that's it. That's we basically go through those uh, sleep patterns. During this stage, your muscles are temporarily paralyzed, meaning you can't move. Some scientists think that might be so that you don't physically act out your dreams. This happens in the dark. Another thing that happens in the dark is your antidiuretic hormone, also called ADH, helps you not to have to pee. So you can go through long periods of sleep without having the need to pee because of this ADH antidiuretic hormone. Another thing that happens in the dark is your immune system releases inflammation-fighting cytokines. I hope I'm saying it right. It's a hormone. Cytokines? Cytokines? (laughs) I'm going to say cytokines. While you're sleeping, your immune system releases a type of small proteins called cytokines. If you're sick or injured, these cytokines help your body fight inflammation, infection, and trauma. Hmm. Without enough sleep, your immune system might not be able to function at its best. This happens in the dark. In the dark. So while, while we're sleeping, God has weaved into our own bodies these tiny miracles that happen while we're sleeping in the dark without us even knowing. So these are treasures of darkness. These are just some physical treasures of darkness that God has given our bodies when we're in the dark sleeping. But there's more. Think about all of the most wonderful things God makes in darkness. Think about those treasures of darkness. I already mentioned earlier the gold and precious stones that are found in the darkness of the ground deep in mines. I have already mentioned how stars shine their brightest when the night is darkest. Here are some more treasures of darkness. Number one, human embryos, tiny babies, are made in darkness. If you've ever watched a video showing the accelerated development of a tiny child in the mother's womb, it is absolutely miraculous And it all happens in darkness. In the same way for you, when you find yourself in darkness, God is preparing to birth something amazing in you and from you. Number two, seeds. Seeds, when they are planted, they're planted in the deep ground. They're planted In darkness, a seed will not sprout unless it is covered in darkness. In the same way, when you find yourself in darkness, you are being made to sprout and grow and bring forth much fruit. There are also biblical examples of treasures of darkness brought into the lives of people in the Bible. Joseph was being prepared to become prime minister in Egypt while he was in darkness, while he was in a prison dungeon for years. In darkness, he was being prepared to go meet with Pharaoh. The Apostle Paul 
following his encounter with Christ, was made blind for three days. He was in total darkness for three full days. God used this time to download his treasures of darkness in the ex-persecutor of the church to make him shine the light of Christ. Paul was being prepared in darkness for one of the most powerful ministries in the history of the church. Number five, the Bible tells us that Christ got up to pray while it was still dark. In Mark chapter 1, verse 35, we read, Rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Now there's a powerful image. Our Lord knew that his Father bestows treasures in darkness, and he sought those treasures literally in darkness. And number six, the most powerful treasure of darkness in the Bible happened while Jesus was put in the darkness for three days in the tomb. God then worked his most powerful and earth-shattering treasure of darkness. While our Lord was in the belly of the earth, in darkness, God was working his greatest miracle on our behalf, the raising of his only son. What God is doing in this dark time in your life is bringing you treasures of darkness. These treasures cannot be found in the light. These treasures can only be given to you in dark times. And I want you to really think about that because if you uh, are listening to our podcast, you're obviously into personal development and you've listened to a lot of success stories. And you'll notice that every person that has a success story, whether it be a pastor that started his church, uh, went through rough times in his ministry, mm-hmm. um, whether it be you know an entrepreneur that you see today is successful, when you listen to their stories, they all went through suffering. They all have gone through darkness. And you know, I've heard many, many coaches say that they'd rather take somebody that's willing to be coachable and has this, you know, drive of hunger because they've gone through suffering, because they want it so bad, because they've suffered so much. Yeah. Uh, they're in this bad place where they really, really want to get out of there and and go, you know, get better for their family and do better in their lives. Those kind of people will um, succumb, you know, great distances in their lives. They'll grow tremendously and yeah. accomplish great things. As opposed to somebody that, you know, basically had like an okay life, everything is pretty much smooth. And then this person decides, hey, um, well, I want to teach people about success or I want to teach people about, you know, all kinds of things. And then when they meet, you know, they're coaching people that have gone through rough times, they don't know how to coach them. They don't know how to help them because their lives have always kind of, you know, gone the way they should and they haven't suffered. And and I think that's why God uses so many examples, you know, in the Bible of, of men that have gone through suffering. Um, it, you know, sometimes we think, oh, it's, you know, a lot of people thought, 
Um, I've heard a lot of Christians say this, you know, well, maybe I'm not godly enough. Maybe that's why I'm suffering. Maybe that's why I'm not like experiencing all these blessings. There are seasons. There are seasons where God needs to, you know, basically put you through uh, the fire to get the diamonds out, to get them crushed, to to make you beautiful, to make uh, good things come out of you. Sometimes we just have to go through those struggle periods to learn different things that he wants to show us. And oftentimes it has to do where, where he's bringing you. It has to do where, with your purpose. And I heard T.D. Jakes say a sermon about this once, and he was saying, you know, you don't know where you're headed because you don't know where God wants to bring you. And sometimes he's preparing you a certain way like you would in the army, for example, because you know what kind of battle they're going to go through. You know what they're going they're going to go through and and you know even if there's abundance and success that are going to harvest that's going to come through that, they still have to be able to withstand the pressures of all that. Because no matter how successful you want to be, the more successful you want to be at anything, whether it be growing a huge mega church or impacting the most people, you will go through pressure. There will be pressure from from people. There's going to be tr- pressures from the enemy. Yeah. And you have to be strong enough to fight those things to get to the victory part. Amen to that. And diamonds are formed through pressure. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. It reminds me of a quote. I don't know if it was C.S. Lewis. I'd have to check it. But uh, said that what, people who undergo difficult trials, a difficult life, are oftentimes prepared. They're being prepared for an extraordinary destiny. And I believe that. Uh, and and you, the Bible is proof of that, and history books are proof of that, and biographies are proof of that, like you mentioned. like so, like any, You can pick up biographies of great men and women. And oftentimes the common denominator, the thread, the, con- the, the thread that, that unites all of them is that they had trials they had difficulties they had difficult times of the periods of darkness in their lives and we often say we often calls we often call charles purgeon the prince of preachers because he was so eloquent so deep and had such an intimate knowledge of god and yet most people don't know this but charles spurgeon suffered from great depressions debilitating depressions where he didn't want to even go out of his room when where his wife didn't even know what to do with him anymore people don't know that uh, they just see the 15 the minutes fruit. of they see the fruit they see the 15 minutes yeah. of, of glory he's the one who said actually uh, they asked i think it was him they said what, what how do you preach uh, such fiery sermons so, so so dynamically he said well basically i set myself on fire and people come to watch me burn Mm. Uh, he was oftentimes by his own uh, from his own mouth he said that it burned him out it it really exhausted him sometimes he would sleep for hours after delivering a big Sunday right Uh, one or two three sermons on a Sunday so that's stuff people don't that's the behind the scenes stuff the less uh, glorious stuff that that we tend to not consider and yet that's the stuff that I've always found most fascinating about biographies it's the struggles. I have another book here uh, that was fantastic. It was about Abraham Lincoln. Uh, I think it's called Lincoln's Melancholy or Lincoln's Depression or I think it was Lincoln's Melancholy. Anyway, it says how depression forged him into a great leader. And the book stresses 
his dark, dark times, the times where Lincoln was so depressed that his friends had to come in his, in his house and confiscate and take away anything that he could have taken to end his life. Glass, knives, anything that he could have used against himself, they took out of his house. That's another thing that people don't know. They see that Lincoln was this amazing president and leader. We, and we, don't, we forget about that kind of stuff. Exactly. And there's the other fact that you have to remember, you know, that I know that when we're in a, a rough period, sometimes we tend to focus on ourselves. But, you know, God is always creating a purpose for us to bless other people and to add value to other people. And you have to think, you know, what you're going through right now eventually is going to help someone that's going through the same thing. Like you're going to know exactly how to help that person and understand those emotions of how to understand them because you've gone through them. You can't understand something you haven't gone through that's true. or any type of suffering that's not related to that. So um, it's always, you know, for the better of, of, uh, of mankind and it's always to be um, as a vessel to help other people that God uh, uses us as well. So you know, you can't understand somebody's pain if you haven't gone through it. So you have to remember that as well. So basically what God is doing in these dark times, and maybe you're going through a dark time in your life right now, what he's doing in your life is bringing you these treasures of darkness. You see, these treasures of darkness cannot be found any other way. You cannot obtain them in the light. These treasures can only be given to you in the darkness. And uh, I think it was Charles Spurgeon who said this. He says, never forget in the dark what God told you in the light. When we're going through those dark times, we need to hang on and be patient and hang on to the promises of God, the promises of God that so inspired us, the promises of God that so enabled us to face each day with courage we need to remember those promises so much more in the dark times. And, if we, and yet if we stay strong in those dark times, we will obtain these treasures of darkness that are so precious that you will keep... They're the hardest treasures to obtain in the Christian life. And they're the treasures that you will, that you will hold on more tightly after you've gotten them. These are the treasures that you will keep with you that will uh, make you keep going forward. You see, in dark times, we are more willing to receive. We're in a better position to receive because we are more open to the light of God. We are more hungry and, and desperate for the light of God. And we are more sensitive to the light of God. These are the only times when He can give us the treasures that can only be found in darkness. And these treasures of darkness will be the most precious things that you carry with you. These treasures of darkness will be the ones that turn your mess into a message, your misery into a ministry, and your test into a testimony. Amen. And remember, it's always darkest just before the dawn. So if you're right now going through a dark time, hang in there because this too shall pass. And once it has, you will be carrying with you those ever so precious treasures of darkness. 
Yes, and I want to add something to this. Um, I think, you know, some Christians, especially uh, if you have an entrepreneurial spirit and you want to accomplish a lot of things for God, sometimes, you know, we have the best of intentions and we tend to get into this action mode where we're very focused on what we want to accomplish. And sometimes God just wants to sit us down so that we can take a break. And, you know, I'm not saying that he's going to afflict suffering on purpose, but I'm just saying sometimes he allows certain things to happen, um, you know, just to kind of slow you down a little mm-hmm. so that you can actually focus and, and get, you know, closer to God. Recenter and, and yourself. Recenter yourself so that you're one again and you, you don't forget the fundamentals, you know, because we tend to sometimes kind of forget him in the process like we know he's there and we include him a little but you know it's really in in those moments where he kind of sits us down where you're like okay well I have no choice to like basically do nothing right now and that's when he speaks to us the most and so I encourage you to do that a lot in your regular life um, to to stop those um, periods where you're too action oriented and really take that spiritual time where you really focus and recenter and listen to him so that you know he's part of your your daily activities and he's part of everything that you're planning and and that you really cultivate that relationship because that's the most important thing mm. and you know it reminds me i think it was the story of chick-fil-a where uh, how the, all that you go back and listen to that biography it was amazing and you know he came up with the chick-fil-a concept when he was stuck in the hospital I think yes. his restaurant burnt to the ground. Something happened. Um, it was another type of restaurant. That's when he got the idea for the Chick-fil-A when he was like sitting in his hospital bed and, and just thinking and, and spending, you know, spending time in prayer and, and just just doing nothing. And that's when everything happened for him. And from that moment, you know, his restaurant became a success. And it's really an amazing story, but um, it just reminds me of that as well. And, you know, the other the last thing I'll say is, I was listening to uh, uh, basically two people that were very, very influential uh, success stories. They're two entrepreneurs, and one of them is a Christian, one of them isn't. And I noticed that by listening to their advice to other entrepreneurs, how different it was. Mm-hmm. And they both went through suffering, okay? So they both went through different periods of suffering. But the one that was a Christian had this dimension to him, this special level of understanding of depth that had so much of a greater impact in the way he would try to help people, how he would add value to people after with that knowledge. It was so different as opposed to the other one, which was more on the surface of um, creating cash flow and, you know, building organizations that would help people. But it was very um, mechanic like he didn't give much of his self and his value of, of himself. And, you know, I think that there's there's a special calling on Christians' lives uh, to impact people in a really different way. Yeah. And, you know, whether you're wanting to impact in the secular industry, uh, I mean, in the secu- with secular people, you as a Christian... Um, you know, are going to be a light and you are going to shine your light and people are going to notice something different about you. And whether 
you know, you're verbal about your faith or not, they're going to know that something's different about you and they're going to be drawn to that and they might get saved through that. And I think that's very, very powerful. So remember that all of this is not in vain and that um, you do have an advantage by being a Christian. You are able to tap into supernatural forces and understanding that others don't have. And you're able to tap in treasures of darkness that is bestowed upon believers and let's not forget all the treasures in heaven one day yeah and and going through those those valleys uh, how we do it yeah will determine the rewards we get in heaven someday It, it builds up patience it builds character it builds all of the great qualities that are required of us as believers and kingdom impactors and we're going to do something uh, slightly different for this podcast since it's a special podcast um, it was more meant to be a, a sermon sermon type podcast meant to encourage you we're going to close this podcast with a prayer because uh, we love you guys and we know we know that we know that we know that some of you are being tested right now some of you are in deep deep and dark dungeons right now and we're going to pray for you right now father i pray that our listeners the people who are undergoing difficult times right now who who have lost a sense of hope who don't see your light right now those who are in dungeons right now those who are in in those dark valleys right now I pray that you would encourage them and bless them with your treasures of darkness. That you would bless them in such a way that they will see the purpose behind their pain. That they will understand the process, how necessary it is for where they are. And that you will just lend your hand so that they may feel that they're still holding your hand even in that dark place. And that you would carry them through that you would get them through this dark valley, this valley of the shadow of death, Lord, that they may see that you're the one who takes us through through those and who makes us victorious through those. So I pray that you be a great encouragement amidst great trials right now today, that you would manifest your grace and your love to our listeners who need that special touch that only you can provide, that you, you are the greatest treasure in darkness when we're in darkness you are the most wonderful wonderful blessed treasure that we can hang on to yes lord and we thank you for each and every one of these listeners and we pray that you would uplift them through this difficult time lord i pray that you would let them know let them feel your presence and feel that you are with them and that you're carrying them every step of the way and give them the insights and show them what they need to to learn lord through this time so that they be they may get through this time victoriously and be able to to share with others and add value to others make them into strong bold christians for you and that they may have a great great impact in their purpose for you lord amen make their light shine through that darkness in jesus name in we jesus ask name amen. amen be blessed and thrive on for more free resources and content make sure to visit thrivingonpurpose.com 